Hey guys, before we get going on today's show, Strava Craft Coffee is really hooking it up for DNVR members. You guys can get 20% off when you use the code DNVR20. All you got to do is go online, StravaCraftCoffee.com, and place an order there. Use code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off. Strava Craft Coffee is the real deal. I can't even begin to say how beneficial Strava Craft Coffee has been for me, and I know for a lot of my colleagues here at DNVR. It's packed with CBD, which is non-psychoactive. Strava Craft Coffee has also been known to help cure long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS, a lot of other stuff as well. Remember, purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. For the youngsters, Elitch has its own kitty land, a blessing for vacationers who hire a young babysitter, deposit the youngsters with her for the day, then pick them up again just before supper time. The kids have a ball, and they won't even know you've been gone. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, feel this. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the DNBA Show. Doing things a little bit differently tonight. Just a little bit. I'm hosting instead of Adam. Not a big difference at all, really. Um, maybe in quality, we'll find out. Joining me to my top, Adam, how do you do this? Is it my right? Or yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you do it, it's it's opposite. The way you do it is yeah. If you if you mix an L, it's your left hand. I just taught my daughter this. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the other one's your right. Question. Yeah. Well, that's Adam Mares. How you, how's it going, man? Good, man. It's good to not be in the hosting chair. Yeah, you look relaxed. You look loose. <laughs> Very relaxed. Hello, Adam. Hiding the beautiful mane, had it yeah. up. It's everyone's favorite Harrison Wind. What's up, brother? Uh, what's up, man? I got the Broncos at ten and six this year. Oh, great way to start the Nuggets podcast. Eric, do you have any more Broncos? <laughs> Schedule Broncos just came out. I got them at ten and six. I just, I, I, I don't like that uh, Harrison is put his hair back into Ben Wallace cornrows. He's like all tight again. Like I liked it when he was loose last We're night. Road tonight. <laughs> Wearing the peaky hat, always loose. It's Eric, better known as D-Line. Yeah, I'm loose. Let's go. And guys, we've got a, uh, a very fun show tonight, a reunion of sorts for Adam and myself with the current big stiff filling Adam's old shoes at Denver Stiffs. It's Ryan Blackburn, who we'll be bringing on here in a second. Ryan, what's up, brother? There he is. What's up, guys? How are you? Live from the trap house, it's Ryan Blackburn. <laughs> you already know. The lights are off, but the party is always going. Wow. I know some of us have picked up, like, second jobs during the quarantine, Ryan, but, like, man, I didn't yeah, think oh, you, you would go that far. Yeah, honestly, the, the movie theater business is out, but we're running it here at the Blackburn household. <laughs> lights are always down. Black market movies. Ryan, how has uh, quarantine been treating you, man? I haven't talked to you at all since. It is awful. I hate this. <laughs> so bad. Honestly, it, it, was, it was great until about the month and a half threshold where if you're a blogger, this is kind of the life that you're always used to where you're, you're always writing online. You're talking with people on Twitter. That's, that's just the general thing. But it got to the playoff time where we're really supposed to – be in house, be at Pepsi Center, and enjoy everything. And man, it sucks to not be there right now. Yeah, yeah. Have you? I've almost had a hard time like doing basketball stuff right now, whether that's consuming or creating content. Like it just—it almost feels—I don't know if "futile" is the word or, or, or "sad," 
what's your relationship been like to the actual game itself? I know you're such a numbers dude. What's you know, your work it's, been like? It's been the exact opposite for me. I wanted to continue to get invested in the Michael Jordan stuff. That documentary has been going on, obviously, and everybody's enjoying it. Everybody's podcasting about it. But it reached a certain threshold over the last week or two where, yeah, everybody's podcasting about it. And I would love to get back to talking about 2020 and all the unfinished storylines that have been going on because the NBA season was as wide open as we've seen it in a long time. And while it could have been Giannis, it could have been Kawhi, it could have been LeBron, like there are a lot of storylines going on that I think are still unwritten and I'd enjoy talking about them again. <laughs> what, what is so freaking hilarious? Dude? I'm getting roasted in the comments for... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hipster those coming like, all yes, sure. yes. keep going what else is like? yeah Ryan, as you can tell uh, i'm glad we have you on then because we've had trouble doing that talking about the actual basketball on the show last night we had fast break breath uh breakfast keith on the show and he talked a lot about his thoughts on nikola Jokic and jamal murray and we got into a conversation we've had a lot on this pod about those two and their ability as a as a star duo to carry a team to its to a championship, but I'm glad we have you here tonight because we've we've had a lot of people who have had similar thoughts or the same thoughts on Jamal Murray. Um, it's it's pretty cut and dry for a lot of folks. He's not good enough to be the second best player on a title team, and and you sort of push back on that that notion a lot. So I'm glad you're here with us tonight, and hope you're ready to to sort up and defend his honor. I, I am ready. It has been. A painful experience listening to your podcast and the takes that have come out about Jamal over the last several days because all of them are the same. It's that he has the second best guy, just not good enough. You can't win with him as your second best player. And I push back on that because Nikola Jokic, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He can carry a lot of things. And just because your second best player isn't the ideal Kawhi Leonard level, Paul George level of, of that nature of the two-way wing that you want to have around him i still think that you can build a championship roster with jamal as your second best guy you just have to have good supporting cast it's important to it. i love it to set the the context here keith also said Jokic isn't a top 10 player yeah how many times does he have to push it back that nicole Jokic better than joel Embiid? like he literally put him right over him like we've settled this debate already yeah, I was surprised to hear Keith say that because he's he's a Jokic guy. So I was like, oh, yeah. a Jokic guy, but kind of not not top ten, but whatever. And that stuff that doesn't bother me as much. He agrees he's really good and okay. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like all of his takes were coming from a place of Mark Gasol never getting the full respect that he felt like he deserved. So he just was like yeah. putting well, that out of Jokic. Which is so Jokic. funny because Jokic could have a career arc very much like Mark Gasol, and you would just think better. Keith would. Um, yeah. But yeah, but but I. But then I but nobody put Marcus Hall as a top ten player in the NBA. So then you know, yeah. it's just it's just you know he's he's taking that hate and he's putting it right on Jokic. And I think we should probably all tweet at him and tell him what he jerk is. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I saw you tweet um, just the other day an interesting stat about Jamal Murray, and I think it was that he it's a list of players to score twenty points per game at age twenty one or younger, and I believe they were all all stars with the exception of Jamal Murray. Do I have that yeah. correct? Yeah, so I, I tweeted that today. Basically, it's a, there's a list of 17 seasons total uh, in history of guys at age 21 or younger who have 
posted above 20 points per game in the playoffs. And, and we talk about various thresholds and different different things that guys have to do. But I thought that that was just a very simplistic way of saying, hey, look, he was a pretty good scorer at the age of 21. And all of those guys went on to be all-stars. And I just I continue to see that trajectory, and I don't see any reason to deviate from that, saying, hey, look, there's no reason why he should top out at what he is right now. Like, he still is he's still 23. Like, he is literally younger than me. Yeah. And there's so much of what we are evaluating Jamal Murray on that is just based on, or like, just doesn't include this season's postseason, which is where everybody's... That's what, yeah, like Jamal rose to the occasion last postseason and, you know, players like in the middle of January, like sometimes don't play their best and they they don't rise to the occasion. They don't have that same pressure on that the playoffs bring and you sort of find out who you are and how you're you're hard tempered in those pressure situations. And we're just stuck in uh, purgatory, NBA purgatory. Like we don't, we're not in the offseason. We're not in the postseason, we're not in the current season, we're just in the Michael Jordan doc season, and so it's hard to <laughs> it's like hard to know what to... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, too bad, because I, I, I was saying this like throughout really the last couple months that play was actually going on, but he could really rewrite the entire script on uh, his regular season with what he did in the playoffs and I, I actually feel like my thoughts on Jamal Murray are more aligned with Ryan's than a lot of people think because like I think he probably had a disappointing season based on where the expectations were, but he, he still grew in, in some areas for sure. But, and I think this goes for a couple guys on the Nuggets. A, a big run in the postseason could have really just flipped the script on what everybody thought about his year. Yeah, one of the reasons why I continue to think he's going to get better is just the, the natural progression of this team around Nikola Jokic, around Jamal Murray, around Michael Porter Jr., a lot of the sets that they ran over the course of the last couple of years have started to look really similar, started to look very similar with what they've done with Will Barton, the DHO game with Gary Harris. If you have three guys who are basically the same size, who are basically asked to do the same things, it's got to be kind of hard for Jamal to really stand out ahead of those guys when he has to share all of those opportunities in a very similar setting with Will Barton, with Gary Harris. Guys like Michael Porter Jr. are going to attack the floor in different ways. Nikola Jokic is obviously going to grow. With Jeremy Grant probably getting into the starting lineup next year, things are going to look a lot faster. They're going to move a lot quicker. I think it's really set up for Jamal to continue to operate and transition, get up a lot more shots, and I think he's going to break 20 next year. But didn't you guys feel like, and let, let me uh, tell me if you disagree, but remember at the very beginning of the season when – Nikola Jokic kind of slept walk through the first month and a half. This yes. was Jamal Murray's team. <laughs> this was Jamal Murray's team for like the first month and a half of this season. So like we, we've seen him kind of take control in that regard and really, really just like have everybody fall in line behind him. Like this was his team for the first month and a half of the year. No. And, and no, you're right. And, you know, I think a lot of us had thoughts about, okay, well, how did the offense look, though? Like, what was this team's identity while it was his team? But nonetheless, and to your point, Harrison, they were winning games and staying afloat without Jokic showing up, which is putting it gently. 
I want to address a comment real quick here because I see somebody say, oops, that's not the comment I was going to address. It's right here. I, I don't think Jamal's the best player, future best, or highest potential. And I think we all agree with that. That's sort of, I think the headline of this show, the, you know, the can Jamal Murray lead the Nuggets maybe is fooling people. Right. Clearly, Jokic is the best player now. It's, I don't, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Ryan. You can agree or disagree, but I think it's very probable Jokic will always be the best player on the team. Maybe the Nuggets end up getting, you know, a second true like superstar like a you know a kevin durant type player that could surpass him and maybe a michael porter reaches this theoretical ceiling that could maybe be higher than Jokic's. but that the argument isn't about jamal being better than Jokic. it's about can he be good enough that the Jokic murray team is what wins a title sure and if if michael porter jr gets to kevin durant level or or even paul george level or something like that the nuggets are winning 60 games perpetually like that's just how good a lot of these guys are right and at that threshold like okay maybe jamal murray is the third best player but you're still in championship contention without having done anything about it like this is i think the conversation that we're having about whether jamal is worth a max player contract is a little bit arbitrary given that he's not on the max deal you guys mentioned that uh last episode yeah. i know that hey his Harrison's the next five that. years the next five yeah. years are, are where we're gonna see it made or broken and i would also push back on the notion that you can only have like 30 max contracts in the nba because all of those guys are all-star worthy and you have to pay everybody to get to that level and right. i don't think it's any I don't think it's a wild take to think that Jamal could make a couple of all-star games over the five-year length of his deal. Not at all. Not at and all. and I think they had to give him that deal personally. Just with they did. Be, being a small market team. I mean, you just look at the way the, the Utah handling of, of Gordon Hayward came back to bite them. And I don't think Jamal was in that kind of a place, but you can't really take those risks. Like, like I said in last night's show, your chances of drafting a better player or signing a better player are very low. And you want to do what you can to keep him happy here. So I do think they had to give him that deal. What but, do you think his free agency would have looked like this summer in the coronavirus summer? With because that would have been the other option was Denver right. would have had to have extended to him this year. Right. Are there going to be teams off like lining up to offer him a restricted max? I mean, yeah. I think there I mean, would have been have if to... we weren't in a worldwide pandemic. Which, you know, <laughs> in the times that we're in, would there have been? Though? Would there have been? I mean, I probably I, like if, you have to you have to figure out which teams are. <clears throat> going to have cap space, which teams it makes sense for. Like Atlanta would have cap space, but it doesn't make sense for them to max Jamal. Like that's that's just not going to happen with Trey Young there. Would or there are going to be, there would be that? teams. Phoenix, I think, would probably do that. Don't you feel like Toronto would just Dude, try and bring him in just for What about the man? The Knicks would offer Jamal Murray a max deal on July 1st at 1201. <laughs> that's actually yeah. true. Yeah, that's a, that's a very true statement. Well, in that – but Toronto is uh, – Jamal Murray is a huge fan of the Toronto uh, Raptors, as we found out. So maybe he'd take a hometown discount. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. I think my concern, and this is how I approach all of it, building a championship contender in Denver is just, it, it's, I mean, it's never been done for a reason. It's so incredibly difficult, and you really have to nail every move. And my question, I personally do not have it. It's within the realm of possibility. Of course, but I don't believe Jamal Murray is going to ever be the second best player. And I think giving him a max, now it gets a little tricky in how you get somebody else that's better than him onto the roster at now that you have two basically max contracts side by side. So that that's how I judge the whole Jamal Murray story. And then when I look at him and I look at even his per 36 uh, 
stats over the last three seasons, it's pretty stagnant. So I look at it and I go, there's areas of growth. And, I, and I, to me, this is one of the biggest mistakes uh, that teams make is they look at players and they say, oh, but he hasn't made the leap yet, but he's about to. He's going to. And it might happen. Sometimes it does. But what we just see in the in the numbers is a guy that has improved his efficiency a little bit. He's improved his playmaking a little bit. But for the most part, the numbers are pretty flat over three seasons. Well, that's what happens when you stack the starting lineup with a bunch of guys who do a lot of the same stuff. I think one of the arguments for having Torrey Craig in the starting lineup was that it would put the ball in Jamal's hands a little bit more frequently. And he would have had to learn trial by fire for most of this season and have a lot more opportunity to put up shots. When you have that kind of a release valve, when you have a lot of guys who can do those things or you try to work in the rotation, say Gary Harris, there, there was a long time that this team was trying to work in Gary Harris into getting his rhythm, finding his shot, taking mid-range floaters for some reason. And when you, when you have a lot of guys who are competent, but there's no necessary delineation between who the stars are. I think that it, it blurs the lines a little bit more. So I, I really do think that if they clear the decks, if they put together a, a reasonable pecking order, that gets all ironed out. It looks a little bit different. And Murray starts putting up more shots, has the ball in his hands a little bit more frequently. And he may never be a guy who puts up 23 and seven, like a, like a standard uh, starting all, all-star caliber point guard. But you're never going to have that with Jokic. He always shares the ball. Mm. The the problem I run into with when we're talking about Murray scoring, I mean, if we're saying he's not going to put up like 20-plus points and like do it on better efficiency, where else is he helping you out a lot? Because like my biggest disappointment with, with Jamal Murray this year was probably looking back on the playoffs, the Nuggets almost lost the first-round series against the Spurs for a lot of reasons, but maybe the primary one was that they could not contain Derek White. And Jamal Murray was matched upon Derek White for those first two games. Obviously, we know what happened. They switched up the defense and saved the series. But, I mean, if I was Jamal, I would have to think that you'd look at that series and be like, all right, like I got to come back as a much better defender and, and make sure that doesn't happen again. And he was a much better defender at the beginning of the season, and then that kind of faded. Uh, so I, I guess my, my question with him is always like if he's not going to be the 20-plus point-per-game guy, and he could be that guy. I, I think he very well could be that guy. But if he's not, how much is he helping you out in the other areas? It's, true. it's a good question. It's, it's, you, you get to that point. Like his job, and, and Adam has been on this for a long time, it's, his job is to score. His job is to be – the the kind of the hammer or at least the nail that goes into the teeth of the defense and really starts everything off uh i do think that the platonic ideal of this team is having three guys who are 20 plus points per game and that's murray porter and Jokic. yeah i think that you surround them with everything else uh you continue to add defenders you continue to make everything work but i do think that it is a valid question that if he doesn't ever raise his usage if he doesn't ever raise the efficiency I do think that both of those things are going to happen, but it's very possible that it could it could look a little bit different over the course of the next twelve months. That hey, if he's on this yeah. year, this five year deal, it looks a, a lot worse if he's the same player. What do you think he needs to work on, like specifically? So for him to take the next step, what are some of the things you think he's got to add or improve? Well, the one thing that stands out the most is the pull up three. 
yeah. he started doing that a lot better uh, when he came back from the injury. Uh, the difference between his attempts were five attempts per game before the injury and seven attempts per game after the injury. That was and there 32% was a pretty good sample size. It was like 12, yeah. 13 games. I mean, yeah. enough that we kind of all felt like, okay, it seems intentional. When he starts getting into that rhythm, if he can continue to be a pull-up jump shooter, somebody who spreads the defense vertically, I have been – one of the things that I've really thought the Nuggets have been lacking over the course of these last couple of years is Nikola Jokic rolling to the rim. He spends so much time at the perimeter where he's either picking and popping or rolling right into another DHO with another guy when he's the most dangerous player at the dotted line in the entire NBA because of the way that he can pass the ball on the move and the way that he can hit that short floater. He, sp- he doesn't spend enough time there. And the best way to do that, the best way to give him that much space is to have Murray as a guy who can space the floor vertically yeah. and pull the defense away from him. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was like my biggest takeaway from that Trey Young game. Like, not just like, oh, 40 and 11 is really cool, but also just, okay, if, if the guy, if the ball handler is a guy who can pull up from three, who is automatic if you go under on a screen, what does that do to Jokic's spacing? And how does that make his life easier? And it's just something Jamal doesn't do. And I mean, at the end of the day, the 18 points are nice, but he finished this season, finished. At thirty four and a half percent from the three from three point three point line, and I mean that's that's not close to good enough in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. it's funny, man. Like if Jamal Murray was shooting three pointers with the frequency that he did right pre All Star break, and he's shooting that at thirty seven, thirty eight percent instead of thirty four, thirty five percent, he's probably an All Star. Like if he's just shooting it a couple percentage points better with that increased three point frequency. Like that totally changes his profile, and that's and part it, of what's frustrating about him is that there you see that for three, four games in a row, and you're just like, yes. man, this is the guy. That's it. That yeah. is the star. And part of this is maybe he's just young, and like that's what he will be here in a year or two. But I personally just felt like that's what I said two years ago, and then that's what I said last year, and that's what I said this yeah. year. But there is a little bit of, you know, just wondering if it's coming. I, I just want to see him, Ryan. I want to give you the floor, though, for this. I'm not trying to, like – I think this is an interesting oh, conversation. Yeah. By no means do I feel like this is, like, his his outcome is predetermined. That's right. not what it is. It's all, like, an odds, right? And yeah. I just felt like two years ago, I thought his, the chance that he was going to reach that potential was a lot higher. And it's just, like, to me, the odds keep going like this. And they're not closed all the way because, like you said, he is 23 or whatever. I mean, he's got a lot more to grow. But it just seems like he's a little <laughs> behind. Just a little behind what I would have hoped. Sure. And, and I looked at the comparison between him and Bradley Beal over the course of the first four years of their career. It's almost, it's almost identical. It is. Mm. If, if the Nuggets were getting that level of player for the level of this five-year contract, would you be happy? Would that be the second best player on a championship caliber team? Do we, do we have if, that? Opinion? If, if with the, if, of of Michael Porter Jr. working out. Yes. Well, this is part of the conversation. This is part of the context. It's really hard to build a champion. That's yeah. Part of, yeah. <laughs> it's like, some yeah. of this is that the standard for a champion is just so high that it's like, yeah, that team was awesome. They were a 60-win team, but they never got it done. Like, <laughs> like so, one of the things that Keith said yesterday, that if you are a top eight team in the league, then you should be okay with that. Then, then it's 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 not necessarily a bad thing to be perpetually a top eight team as long as you're consistent and you have a couple of chances here and then. 
if if you have Murray locked in for a five year deal and you have Jokic locked in, assumably for the next three years and hopefully beyond, then that's a top eight team in the league for the duration of their contract for sure, with the added assumption that hey, Michael Porter Jr. could get better. They could yeah. trade for another all star over the course of the next year or two. Yeah, there's something funny about like the way people discuss basketball. Like it's there's some sort of like <clears throat> higher purpose that it serves. But I've enjoyed the hell out of going to Pepsi Center <laughs> oh, over the last three years, four yeah. years. Like when they were not a top eight team, when they were uh, <laughs> yeah. a top, when they were a top thirty two team, and yeah. uh, it <laughs> like and like it, you know you go and it's like fun. It's like awesome to see the improvement. Like I I oh, have yeah. I mean I definitely want the Nuggets to win a championship. I'm not so foolish to think that uh, I'm to judge this era uh, of success, whether or not they win a championship, but there's like the nuggets have been awesome. Like they, they have filled my winter with joy. They have filled my heart with glee. And what else do you want? I want a gleeful heart and uh, Murray gives me a gleeful heart. No, you don't at all. But uh, you know, what would make my, my heart swell like the Grinch and grow three times larger is if Jamal Murray would hit one, out of every 10 pull-up three-pointers. <laughs> like when he has the fast break and he stops and pops and he hits none of those shots ever. <laughs> if, if he would hit one of those shots a season, I would, I, I like, I don't know what I would do with myself. There are I would certain just... shots that are just worth more. Than others. <laughs> the transition three yes. is like one that is totally worth it, but it's also kind of hurts a little more when you miss it. Cause you're like, oh, yeah. Dude, that was a fast break. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah. Jamal, Jamal has like really loud misses too. Like where he's like wide open and, it's like here we go! Yeah. God, it just clings. Always finds his hands too. And <laughs> was, it, was it game one of the playoffs where he came and pulled the three air ball right away? Oh, yeah. and he did <laughs> oh, we yeah. all knew he was gonna. <laughs> out we all knew. Oh, my God. That was and that's the same guy. And then he hit the Larry Bird behind the backboard shot. The greatest oh, shot of all time. The greatest yeah. NBA he's shot really, ever taken. He's a <laughs> really, really good, underrated. tough shot maker. Yeah, man, man it's, really it's so easy to forget, but he had, like, so many great moments in the playoffs last that, year. Game that's why two, his... and then in Portland. He kind of faltered in game seven. but like... It was games three and four, right, that he had 35, both on the road. It was back Or 34, back-to-back 34-point yeah, games. There were nights and... when he was the reason why they almost lost, and there were nights <sighs> where I was like, oh, this could be the second-best player on the title. Yo, when Jamal gets rolling and he starts getting his blue arrow, uh, celebra- like, I, I mean, there are times literally where I, was, where I will stand up in my seat and I will scream to the point where I will get lightheaded and then I have to sit back <laughs> down because, A, I'm at an advanced age, which you guys all know, and B, you know, I don't want to topple down from the third level into. <laughs> right, what do you think a team looks like? What's, what are the, the shooting guard and the power forward look like in a Porter-Murray-Jokic championship team? It's the most fascinating part of the entire discussion because the first thing that you got that you need from those positions is defense, of course. Uh, it's very hard to get a great defender who is as versatile as they need them to be at that position. But I, I really do think that the shooting guard I keep coming back to who's not necessarily gettable, but kind of the ideal is Matisse Stiebel. Okay. Somebody who defends everybody, somebody who you throw him the ball on occasion and he makes it work. Uh, but the guy who really is the defensive point guard, he is the guy who defends every single person on the floor, uh, gets his hand in passing lanes, covers for everybody. Honest and then, question here. Is that Tory Craig? Uh, I've thought about it, and I'm not sure. I don't I don't know if it is. I would lean no, 
just because I, I think we've seen what he can do from an offensive standpoint, and it's not it's just not at the threshold that you need from a starter. Does we don't Thibon know about you there, though. No, I we don't know. We don't know. Ivan might be yeah, a worse offensive yeah. player than Tory Craig. So maybe it's, Josh, maybe it's Josh yeah, Richardson. Better, better, maybe it's better. somebody of that ilk who's you know is going to be a fourth or fifth option offensively, can handle themselves, but is also the defensive point guard. So the, the power forward is more interesting – because I think that Porter is going to end up defending most of your power fits. I don't think mm. he's fast enough to defend most of the threes. And when you get him switched onto guards, I think that's going to look even worse as well. So I think Jeremy Grant's a really good pairing there just because he is going to be your three defender. He's going to be whenever you face an elite three, he's going to be the guy who gets them. God, I love this one right here. If he develops, the, the I know the composure. Players, what do you think? Because I'm a big PJ composure guy. I just hey, love uh, the physical tools. South Carolina. Oh, there you go. I was like, uh, is that your PJ? You, <laughs> I've been waiting to break it out the entire time. Uh, no, uh, honestly, PJ, I think he he had an underrated season for this team, just because when he came in, here, he well, when he came in, the <laughs> expectations were so low. Nobody knew what they were going to get from him. You just throw him out, see what happens, and he immediately makes an impact. And I think it's notable that in the seven-man game, the Magnificent Seven against the Utah Jazz, he was a part of it. He was a versatile piece who could I play think about one, two, or three. Tory as well, um, right? You had Tory yeah. in that game. Like you had a couple guys that are low usage, and, very narrow skill. And this non-shooter at the two, I mean, it's not quite the same thing as putting Craig in there in some of these lineups. If MPJ and Grant <clears throat> are alongside each other, and if Jamal Murray is shooting two percent better from three, and this I, is a, a different dynamic. I've also always said the problem with Tory Craig isn't just that his shooting isn't unreli- unreliable because his shooting's actually okay, <laughs> even though it looks gross. Like the, the numbers are all right. It's that <laughs> they don't feel comfortable allowing him to handle the ball. But Dozier does. I mean, he's a point guard. He's going to run pick and roll, mm. and I wonder if that makes him more of a threat offensively stretches the court more just weirdly enough Jokic will pass him the ball yeah exactly. <laughs> i think you make big, him a priority i think you i think you offer him a sizable deal probably the monte morris special just yeah. somebody who you can lock in, in for as match. long as possible at the cheapest as possible the and, and you just, special. because i think if, if you, you get into a situation where you have to trade some of these guys, you have to make a tough move. Monte Morris is the ideal guy, I think, in that situation who, hey, he might be a starting point guard somewhere else, but there's no way he's going to be a starting point guard in Denver. So if a team could talk themselves into him. Peace of me would uh, die. I just love I, Monte. Like, I, I, like I do, guy, too. I do, too. I like, yeah. All these conversations just make me realize what an insane homer I am, which you guys already knew anyway. But like, I just like every piece. I'm like, we can't let him go. I'm like a, a ho- like a player hoarder. Like, I want every one of our players. Like, I want 50 guys on the bench that we can turn to. But this is how you know that it was. You know that the Nuggets have done a good job of crafting this roster because not everybody feels that way. There's a lot of rosters where you're like, God, I hate this guy and that guy. Yeah, it's so true. Knuckleheads. It's also it's so why true. it's one of the real tragedies, of course, of losing this playoffs. Like we were saying at the start of the show, that's when you're gathering valuable data points. Monte could not have had a better regular season last year. He was awful in the postseason. Now, was he injured? We didn't know about it. Was it a fluke? Or is Monte not a 16-game guy? And if it's the latter, then those that stuff factors into who you're willing to move on from and who you're not. And like to lose the period in which you would have gathered that data right now is like devastating because I actually don't know yet if 
do you need to go to war with Monte, right? And and questions like that are not answered I know. because of I just yeah. can't believe that he actually fell off last year. That's, that's the guy that I give a 100% pass. At the start of the year, what did uh, Wynn say? It was a uh, playoff debutitis. Like, I 100% <laughs> think that's exactly what happened. If he had so that again, I, a part of me would be crushed if he had, like, a terrible playoff right. again. It's like, oh, man, maybe he is a not a playoff. Yeah, player, I mean, right. the good thing is you don't – you need to play your backup point guard, like, maybe 10 minutes a game in the playoffs if you sure. have Murray, Jokic, and Will Barton. But, like, a devastating 10 minutes that, like, almost cost Can us – Can he uh... hit a three-point <laughs> D-line, we're getting nothing but great ideas here. Not a PJ. <laughs> PJ's. PJ's. Can you just take composure all over oh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it'll be obviously. It'll be like a, it'll be like an oversized shirt, and you can wear it like Winnie the Pooh with no pants. <laughs> I'm for it. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Should we hit a break real quick, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on a second. I'll give you a little. Uh, give me, give me something on the ones and two. I could talk actual basketball though for like an hour. It's I know it's so fun. <laughs> We've been on a roll this week talking yeah. basketball. Look at yeah, Let's talk of food, you... guys, because yes. to inform everybody, <laughs> I've got a new favorite from the Breck Brew Farmhouse that I watched the other day. The Avalanche Ale Beer Battered Fish and Chips. Good chips to die for. How very Absolutely British of you. Add it to the list, baby. Fish and <laughs> chips. Dude, any... Any uh, any food item that has like five descriptors that before you hit the actual food, that's a good food. Yeah, the fact that they put avalanche ale beer batter just in front of it absolutely sold it. For yeah, me. I mean, that was like yep. enough for me. <laughs> and then I'm um, just online on the farmhouse website right now. You can add a six pack of your choice for just five bucks Oof. to a food order. Ryan, are you sick of you sick of cooking yet, dude? Dude, of course, man. I I try to make it a weekly thing to get out, just just or at least order something in because I mean, there's only so much ramen that you can cook as a. Oh, try, <laughs> try the farmhouse, man, for real. The Breckford farmhouse is, is uh, where it's at. I'll get right on it. Call them up for delivery. You can get pickup there as well. They got a lot of great options. Also, guys, our newest sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, let's go. Hell you know, yeah. get an air horn. <laughs> <laughs> this DraftKings thing is actually dope. You guys have to check out DNVR Bets. Every day, a new little 20-minute pod. It's actually really dope. Podcast is awesome, too. Quick listen, super informative. I don't think Ryan thinks he's ever missed on a pick ever. No, he's missed on he's missed on multiple picks though already in the in the infancy of this uh, podcast. Yeah, so we've got the, the confident, arrogant line is here. Like RK is over here, so often over. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got the uh, KBO going, the Korean Baseball League. Uh, um, my we gotta talk KBO. Dinos are three and zero, baby. Three and zero. Let's go. The dinos are killing it right now. Ryan, Ryan, who's your uh, since childhood? Who's been your big KBO team? I, I have to know. Oh man, you you already know that I have no idea what you're talking. What? About. <laughs> you're not. So I. Uh, I obviously I grew up as a Samsung Lions fan ever since oh, uh, yeah, you know sure. a week and a half ago since I learned that they're their existence and they've done nothing but let me down ever since. You were actually born in Samsung, so I was, I was, I was, I was, I was. What would it uh, persuade you at all, Ryan, if you found out that the Dinos mascot was named Swole Daddy? Swole, because oh. that's what persuaded oh. me. You know, I mean, the the college baseball teams and or the, the minor league baseball teams, they always go creative with their stuff. So you got to get in on it, man. You just got to be as creative as possible to get so many people there. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you guys can bet on uh, 
KBO, we got UFC coming up this weekend, too. Oh, that's right. Actually, tomorrow on the DNVR Beth Pod. Am I allowed to say this, Allie? Am I allowed to, like, yeah, I am. Let it rip. Curtis Blades. Oh. The DNVR Bets podcast to preview the UFC event this weekend. So Wait, really? I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's lit. That is, is lit. lit. I know. Uh, yeah. Think about that. Like, they get Curtis Blades and we get Ryan Blackburn. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Eric. Eric. I got to read this last part, guys. Must be 21 or older, only. Do we have the thing that can like speed up my voice here? <laughs> bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus with a first bet match, each up to five hundred dollars. Deposit bonus requires a twenty-five times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, Eric, call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero. Like you know, if you're betting on the Korean baseball league. <laughs> yeah, we should all put that number in our uh, contacts. I did. I did not. I've not bet on the KBO. I don't have the. I'm not Ryan, but not Ryan RK, not Ryan Blackburn. Although I do see the uh, the sweet logo behind you, Ryan Blackburn of the Denver Broncos. I'm so proud of it. I love it. I did. I did. I did put a big. I did. I put a fifty dog on uh, the Broncos to hit over seven and a half wins this next season. That's that is not a high threshold given what the expectations. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Eric needs to win some bets so he can upgrade his wardrobe. What does that even mean? Oh, that's so rude. It, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. Even, the fun, this is the the joke is my wardrobe, and that. But at half the time I see these guys, they are wearing things that I made. <laughs> oh, what a flex! That is the ultimate flex, flex to say yeah. that. You, you are wearing the clothes that I put on your back. Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you a designer, Eric? Cool. Tell me more about it later. Um, <laughs> Wind, are we, are we back from the break? We good. Are we, are we good. ready to do this? Yeah. All right, Ryan, since you are familiar with the program, then you know we like to play some games on this year program. We've got a drum roll in place. We're just waiting My for My hands our, are free now, so I'm... Our fancy reveal. We're going to play thumbs up, thumbs down. This is a very high-level complex... Thankfully, you went to college, so you'll probably understand this. So we're going to give you something, and then if you like it, thumbs up. Yeah. Wow. You don't like it as much. Very complicated. Yeah, that didn't yeah. Explain. Yeah. We went over it. If you need me to go over it again, just... Do you understand the rules? Uh, Say, uh, thumbs uh, up I'll if you understand the rules. As indescriptibly as possible, so give me some help, bro. Can we put this last comment up on the screen? I didn't. Please? First of all, I didn't say anything. So, so <laughs> don't hold me responsible for the whole truth in the comments. Um, I was going to ask a MPJ. I was enjoying this basketball conversation. So MPJ, like, obviously thumbs up because we all like him. But how do you see his career panning out? Like, do you do you are you buying MPJ? Sure. I mean, I think everybody should be buying MPJ at this point. It's it is wild to me that so many other places don't buy mpj for some reason nobody saw uh, nobody saw him play though that, that, i think well, that's a large the, part the of the reason it. you're the reason you don't buy mpj is because you talk to people who saw his medical report and yeah, like yeah, john hollinger said this on a recent podcast but yeah. he said he'd be surprised if mpj you know can play more than 30 minutes a game like that is a thought that i think is held by a lot of gms that's why he slid on draft man so that's why you're not buying mpj if you're not well, OG Ananobi was red flagged, and he's probably the best perimeter defender in the NBA right now. So let's just uh, 
Let's put a nail in that coffin, I guess. I, I can there's some real groupthink with injuries because a lot of these guys don't want it. Like, well, I hear everybody says no, and I don't want to be the guy that says yes, and then it's a, and then it turns out bad. I think sure. there's a lot of fear from GMs on that specific subject. Until oh, sure, yeah. until we actually hear about a basketball or a back-related injury that he's had that is actually stemming from what he had. I, I'm not concerned about it. I really do think that you have to continue pushing the envelope. And if, if you get up to 30 minutes per game and he gets hurt, then you cross that bridge when you come to it. But at this point, we've seen some really special stuff from the dude. He is one of the most impressive shooters I think we have all collectively ever seen in a Nuggets uniform. Just the way that he continues to get off his shot in, in the most incredible ways. And his game is versatile enough that he's not just a shooter. He's going to attack the rim. He's going to grab rebounds. He's going. He, I really do think that he could be a playmaker at some point. I, the the stats don't bear that out, but the the vision certainly does. I think I think there is some vision there that, in a situation where you don't have Jokic on the floor, you can at least put the ball in his hands and let him go to work. Are you a little bit happy? Like this uh this time in the times that we're in the reprieve you were given from worrying about mpj minutes is, does that feel a little bit good not having to worry about that night after night after night and have to uh, answer those questions yeah i, I, <laughs> I still get it honestly like still, people are still asking me like why isn't mpj playing and i'm telling them it's because the coronavirus come on guys like because uh, <laughs> literally no one's playing <laughs> yeah like literally but honestly no i i i think this has been talked about in various podcasts and I think it holds true that once you get to year two, once you get the rookie stink off of you, he's going to play. There is no way that they can keep him on the bench and say, Hey, we're going to keep you on the bench and we're going to make you earn it. We're going to, we're going to keep doing that. I, I just don't see that. He is too good. He is too talented. And so much of their hopes are tied to him being the player that they think he can be. So Wow, lengthy answer just long enough. You stalled perfectly for us, Ryan. We have our backup game in place here. Hold on, hold on. Go for it, Harrison. Um, the, the last thing I was going to say about MPJ is, like, I don't <laughs> – we've talked about his stats a lot this year, but I still don't know if we've talked about them enough, just what he did from an efficiency standpoint. And the fact that this guy was the best rebounder from the small forward position, not out of rookies, but in the entire league this year. He had the best rebounding percentage out of any small forward this year. And so, like, I just think he – Multifaceted, has so many tools. Oh um, oh I, I think – finally happened on air. Oh, you got to cut Harrison out. Actually, no, keep talking. For a <laughs> what we got to do is talk <laughs> about <laughs> – <laughs> uh, so amazing. How is – <laughs> it's like he was a novelty mic. Oh, no, I, I think, you, Harrison, you're absolutely right, man. And that versatility, that ability to play both as, as a small forward, but I think that allows him to play as a power forward in a lot of situations where, hey, he's not going to get out-rebounded by most power forwards. He actually, his numbers translate there as well. And I think some of his best minutes this year, we saw him playing next to Jeremy Grant as a small ball five. And in all honesty, Porter was the guy defending the biggest player on a number of those occasions. He was mm -hmm. he was very good in those situations, and I think his presence allows the Nuggets to play better players and play more versatile lineups. And they're just going to be really good when when he's on the floor. Yeah. Um, last one, Murray or MPJ? It, three years from now, who's the better player? Oh, you're asking me to pick oh between two of my children. 
Uh, <laughs> it's not that hard, by the way. I think it's Murray still. But, I oh, man, because Porter's already shown so much. He's already – okay. Okay, I will say Porter. But the only reason that I say it is because I have a lot of faith in Porter. It's not like I don't have a lot of faith in Murray. Like yeah. I, I think that they're both going to be really good. I think they're both going to be all-star caliber. And I just think the 6'10 shooter is probably the more valuable player at this point. Okay. All right. It's, it's interesting. Hey, man, if they all turn out to be that good, Jokic, Murray, MPJ, the thing that sucks about the NBA is a lot oftentimes if all three of those guys are good, you might only have them for two, two more years right. after this. But if they do all pan out, man, that's a, that's a really, really good team. You're winning 60 perpetually. Yeah. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Uh, all right. What do we got? Vote. All right. It's time. Enough, enough sensible real yeah. basketball analysis let's, let's get this train off the rails uh, <laughs> and so with that i will hand it over to the master at doing just that d-line for online with d-line it's online with d-line can you guys believe it let's all right go. let's go i can't believe it's still a segment it doesn't really seem like it should be a segment it, ba- it barely feels like a segment uh to begin with <laughs> uh but where what's going on online these days let's let's find out Okay, so the first thing we've got here is uh, we are celebrating a uh, anniversary today. Let me let me get some. Let's listen to this. This was uh, 1994. Listen to this uh, clip here. I'm going to start it over again. This is incredible. Most eight seeds don't have the luscious hair of John Elway. Look at that hair. Get ready to Wow. That's good. Listen to this. He still does the Sad Nuggets game. Did you can believe it? Did you hear this last part though? This is the the greatest. Man, is that? Is that? That's uh, Linda Cohn too, isn't it? Like one of my faves. Cannot win the big game. John Elway calling out John Elway. Oh, it just tells you, man. We've been doing these takes for forever. They're always so reductive. So and so can't win. It's just like they haven't, ergo they can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what, what is the last of sports? What's the last word LA yelled there? Does anyone Let, know? Get ready to Matumbo. Uh, Let's get ready to Matumbo. Uh, all time. Which is the greatest thing that you can shout at a Nuggets game at this point. 100%. Yeah, that's right. yeah. uh, and that a lot, anyway. yeah, absolutely. In the same, uh, the same vein, look at this is what we got in 1994. This is the anniversary. Of the most iconic Nuggets shot, the most iconic Nuggets scene, which unfortunately for the Nuggets is just a first round victory. All the same, look at this. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Did any of you watch this? Adam, you watched this uh, when it actually happened, yes? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know because I was only nine at the time. So I, I wasn't born. I can't say that I actually remember it. But you have to I, remember something, Eric. I don't remember anything from like that's a great point. Prior to three days ago, that's a great point. Uh, I did watch this. I watched this in my basement as a middle schooler, and I felt a lot of feelings that have carried me over into today and, and through the Brian Shaw era. Um, it, it, it's been enough to, to carry me through. So, big day, big day for the for the Nuggets, uh, 1994. So, um, this is a, a little segment called. Hold on, Ryan, where would the Nuggets be right now if the season never got canceled? Uh, losing in the second, second. round to the Clippers. So down like three one. No, no. I honestly, I think that they pushed the Clippers to six. Like Murray had a bad game. Like he had a bad performance in the 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 
primary Clippers game that we all talk about, but Jokic oh, was really God. good. Don't speak about that game. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> yeah. that Murray would rise to the occasion. He would help get the Nuggets a couple of wins, and then they would lose in six games and on the home floor, and that would suck. But honestly, like it's, they they would still be in a good position, and Clippers are a championship contender. What can you say? Yeah. All right, I'd be a little worried about Murray and Patrick Beverly. I think Murray would have a couple of good games though, like Ryan said. So, Ryan, it sounds like you've not been enjoying your time in during quarantine, unfortunately. But uh, have you done anything as clever or as productive as this gent? I have not. I've seen this video. It is a great video. Uh, but, no, that, that had to take so much time, and I, I can't I cannot spend that much time. No way. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> That's so good. The two hand tiger. <laughs> How, where do you guys land on Round Ball Rock? Is it the greatest song of all time or the greatest song of all time? Um, it's oh. the greatest song of all time. Have you guys ever seen, though, John Tesh actually performing it? Like, the <laughs> symphony behind the him? fake basketball dribble? Like, his even fake dribble is it's terrible. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's probably like the best two minute clip on YouTube right now. It's so good. I love the way he's, he's such a storyteller, too. And so I called myself. And I love <laughs> dramatic like all right john also like in that video he goes yeah i just wanted to write a theme song for a sports league like how do you even think of that like i just want to write a theme song for the nfl right now all right let's do it that's what uh you know that's a really big gong and you that's what visionaries do so anyway ryan there's no need to fret you can always find creative ways to fill your time and i suggest you start that's a really nice kitchen. That's a really look at that kitchen. It is a nice kitchen. He's got in like the the um, you know, the cookware itself is pretty nice. It has like nice acoustics. It uh, the cookware. Yeah, it's called cookware, Harrison. I realize you live in an apartment, but it's called cookware. <laughs> I mean, I have like cooking. So this things. is uh, this is a segment called "Can You Believe These Guys Were Ever Young?" <laughs> uh, the first one. Oh, wow. Do you even know who this is? Ooh, of course. Do, do the do the young people know who this is? George Carl. It's George Carl. This Look is George that. Carl. Look oh at this. God, yeah. Look at this man. I wouldn't have known. Look at how impressive George Carl is. with hair, but now I have, and I'm kind of frightened. And is great. You, what do you mean you're frightened? I'm, <laughs> I'm enticed. I'm uh, allured. I, look at this man. I never would oh, have no, thought. Oh no, a great man. That he would be a jawline and biceps guy. To be and honest. not only that, look at look at oh, this. Yeah. He's wearing a he's wearing a chain. He had swag in a way that we weren't prepared to deal with. Mm. <laughs> so second, second in line of uh, guys, can you ever believe that they were young before? Is Greg Popovich dunking the basketball? Yeah, this is absurd. This is oh, absolutely God. absurd. How does it make you feel that Greg Popovich could dunk? Yeah, I was like, I thought he was just king of the nerds, but nope. Greg Popovich <laughs> is not tall. He's not tall at all. I know. He's as tall as you are, Harrison. What's going on? Look at this. He plays. He's the senior center. Center. Those are those are something to behold on a basketball court. Well, and like people used to play basketball in Converse, which I don't even. Those shoes. Oh, those definitely look like. If you ever like, yeah. If you've ever like walked down the street wearing Converse, you know it's like the difficult proposition. But to play, it's a dunk. What year is this from, Eric? Uh, I I don't. Need a firm date on this. 
1874, uh, I, I believe. Yeah, this is from 1874. Well, I'm just thinking Converse had like a maybe a 30 year reign on the NBA. Shoot. They absolutely did. They absolutely <laughs> did. From this up until back Jordan. in the day, though, I mean, come on. Chuck Taylors, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're they're probably honestly uh, ESPN. We'll probably get into it in a, in the coming days, but put out a bunch of top 74 lists. They did the top 74 basketball shoes, which were an absolute atrocity. But Chuck Taylors might be. Like the one of the top basketball shoes ever made, as far as like not for playing basketball in obviously, but just the design of the shoe, like what has maintained and and uh, anyway, um, and lastly, can you believe this person was ever young? I like this game. Can you ever? Jeff was not 16 at 1995. At least 100 years old. That's why I'm here. Awesome. I kind of want to frame that. The King of Thornton. Yeah. That is a king right there. Unbelievable. And I'm actually glad I saw that. Well, we're we're uh, that is that, to, to go and that was online with D Thank you, D <laughs> Honestly, thank you for that last image. That's a blessed image. Uh, Harrison Wind, we got another read to do, man. So, do you want to take us into that before we get out of here? Yeah, we got a uh, couple more guys. If you haven't downloaded WGT, I mean, what are you doing? What the heck are you doing? What are you doing? Ryan, WGT, you, you missed the so boat awesome. because you should have downloaded it. Two three weeks ago when I wasn't good because now it's over I am incredible. Yeah. All right. Now this, this is a test of our honesty here. Who has used actual money to buy clubs? No, no. Or apparel on WGT because no, I have I just, not and I never will. I never. I just will. win. I just win enough. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, is there a mur- is there yeah, a murder hornet murder in your? There's a mosh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but if you guys haven't downloaded it, man, you're missing out. We do tournaments every weekend, I think. We did one last weekend. Uh, DNVRgolf.com, that's the link to download WGT from. And then you can join the DNVR Clubhouse where, you know, all our tournaments happen. So it's the place to be. It's an awesome game. Like, I'm not trying to blow this up. It's like a really good iPhone. It's actually so super check fun. Check it out. I've played it yeah, already for like Harry, three minutes today. Harrison likes it because he won the GD tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never got a trophy or anything for that. Or yeah, we're not like giving. And, and then, yeah, you never will either. You right. never will either. We'll just quietly send the shirt to the other guy who tied with you and never acknowledge your victory. Yeah. Also, guys, of course, drive a craft coffee. You can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20. Just got Glorious. Some. Just got some? Hell yeah. Just got a shipment. Of course, packed with CBD. Helps with uh, long-term migraines, decreases your anxiety, arthritis, etc. And you can get Strava Craft Coffee online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Man, we just lost Bucket. We just had our contestant for the steps, and then he just dipped out. So uh, I guess yeah. I guess the, you know that who that means our contestant is tonight. I love it. I kind of wanted this on anyway. It's going to oh. be Ryan. <laughs> oh, baby. Are you, are you ready Great. to climb the steps, Ryan? Sure, let's do it, man. Ryan, good news, though. You can consult yourself if you need help <laughs> okay. with any of the questions. You're your own hotline. <laughs> Steps question Don't worry, I'll, I'll number one. one. Who, what is the name of Wes Unsell Jr.'s father? <laughs> Wes. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, that's no, no, a good work. answer. <laughs> yeah, we just I really, not, honestly, honestly, I panicked on it. <laughs> you thought that's for a second. Like, I don't know. Oh wait a second. Yeah. Holy hell! <laughs> um, 
how many games did the Nuggets and Trail Blazers playoff series last last season? Seven. Man, this is going to be really easy for somebody that covered the team. <laughs> yeah. questions. We'll see. These questions were not written for somebody who watches every game. They were for the team. mere mortals. Um, who led the Nuggets in assists per game this season? Uh, that would be Nikola Jokic, sir. That is correct. Cruising through the steps. Number four, what is Jamal Murray's career high in points, and who did he set it against? That would be 48 against the Celtics. Man, he's just too good. He's Unbelievable. Racing through this <laughs> Number five, what team was Paul Millsap drafted by? Uh, I, I hope this isn't a trick question, but I'm going to say the Utah Jazz. That is correct. Oh, he wins a sticker pack. <laughs> anybody has ever like raced through the first five. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. We do have some. Well, we have David. David, who's been in here. I, I think. Yeah. Hey. But you know what? He can piggyback off of. Too late. Ryan is the contestant, <laughs> but good news. I wanted to be the one to help him. You're now. the advisor. So, like, the <laughs> so, so Ryan gets the prize at all. Well, first off, we first off we don't even know if Ryan wants to chance it. So I get to help him try to make it through the steps, but I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like the anti Matt Moore, which means he might win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You won't talk him out of anything. But yeah, we, we don't know if Ryan wants to, to, to keep going up the steps. Oh yeah, so Ryan, to... you can, you have a sticker pack, I could mail it to you, or you could risk it all. Ooh. As as enticing as the sticker pack is, and it is enticing, I've seen the stickers. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Number six. Man, I'm kinda curious to see how far Ryan could go. I didn't know all the answers to the ones coming up. Um Number six, which team did the Denver Nuggets beat in their first game this season? Uh, that would be the Portland Trailblazers. That is correct. Oh, baby. That is correct. <laughs> number seven, name the three undrafted players currently on the Denver Nuggets roster. This one is kind of tough. What poured my music? Uh, yeah. Nerve-wracking music. Can I take my time with that? I no. Think a bit. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Allie has to go somewhere here in like seven minutes. <laughs> Man, see, I I can't even think about it, honestly. Um, Jeremy Grant was drafted. I know that. Paul Millsap was drafted. Um, PJ was not. No. Ooh. He was drafted. Uh, he was drafted. This, yeah. this question you might, you might brought, want to ask David. By the way, I'm going to tell you right now, this question was brought to you by Harrison Wynn, who is furiously <laughs> fact-checking his own self at the moment. Oh, I can't wait for him to be wrong. Right <laughs> oh, I think he won. What, what's he, oh, yeah. Okay, so Noah Vonley was drafted. Uh, Bull was I think drafted. I think I'm right on this question. You are right. He is right. Okay, good. Good work. Right. <laughs> Crap. Uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I double checked this one like three times too. David, Man, you're leaving. You're leaving. Hang out to Let's go to Dave. You got it for me, David. So you got Tori, right? Tori. Oh, that's one. yeah. That's one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, who's even on this team anymore? <laughs> I thought Jared Vanderbilt was on this team for like the last two weeks. Oh, yeah, I saw an Mike, just randomly like, oh, going crazy. Uh, 
I got Tori, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm done. You have produced one. That is true. Yeah. I mean, there's only like 13 guys on the team. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he's frozen or if he's if he's just frozen. Oh, is he frozen? You guys all cut out for me for a second. No, I'm I'm here. Uh, Tori Craig is one. I'll give you that one. You guys got one. Hello, hello. <laughs> so Ryan's oh faking that he's losing. Oh, just happened. Like, he's pretending to cut out so he doesn't get it wrong. I love it. Great move. Elite move right there. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh god. Oh my god. Uh, okay. I'm just gonna okay. I think you are I think you're right about you're definitely right about Tori. I think Troy Daniels is one. Um and gosh. Is he drafted? Is he still on this team? Yes, he he was drafted in the second round. Uh, Flacco was drafted. Oh my God, who is it? Time, time starting to tick down. Yeah, we gotta, yeah, we gotta put it down. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't know, guys. Ah! I'm like, (laughs) we need a final answer. Troy, Tori, and somebody else. Mm, yes, to somebody else. Putting up five and five. Four. I can't even You got five seconds. Minutes. You got five seconds. Just put a name out there, guys. Just put a name out there. <laughs> uh, it's. Let's go with. Uh, no, it's Will Barton. I don't know. He- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I got get to say it. It was CJ Dozier. Undrafted. He was picked up by the Celtics. Oh, I said PJ. He got. I gave him all. He didn't want it. He did not accept it. It was PJ. Well, but in what you've won, David, is you're now the site manager of the Denver Stiffs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Ryan, I know you can kind of hear me. Is Ryan Bannis forever? He's in the backstage. He's in the backstage. He's in the shadow realm. We know you can hear us. Thanks so much for for coming on. Enjoy your time in the shadow realm. It treats you better than the quarantine realm. Uh, for everyone else, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We got uh, more tournaments coming up this weekend: DNVR Jackbox Games, WGT Golf. I think DNVR Rocket plays, League. baby. Rocket League two v two. So uh, yeah, check out the ch- the sign up sheet in the Discord if you're a member. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow at noon. The short show before the weekend. Thanks for hanging out. Great show today. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Hope you're enjoying the content we're putting out here. We'll have one more show to wrap the week tomorrow. And a reminder, we'll be going on at 12 noon. We do our Friday shows in the middle of the day. Send you off on the weekend on the right note. We'll be looking for some audience participation, too. So we'll be bringing a lot of DNVR members on the show, not just for the steps, but also for other segments as well. So hang out in the Discord tomorrow when we go live at 12 and you can get in line to come on with us but as we get out of here guys i think the one thing that i'm looking forward to most about this quarantine being over whenever that might be is that our restaurants our bars and our cafes will open up again and when our cafes open up you'll be able to get strava craft coffee at your local watering hole once again strava craft coffee was being served at carbon cafe and bar Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. And it will be once again, once we can go to these places, whenever that may be. Hopefully, sooner rather than later. 
But you can also check out Strava Craft Coffee online to get 20% off when you use the code DNVR20. Check them out.